Life is full of twists, turns, and unexpected detours that can leave us feeling a little lost and disconnected. We all need patient traveling companions to walk alongside us and provide care, perspective, and even hope. So over the next several episodes, uh, we're going to be exploring spiritual direction, the ancient Christian practice that offers guidance and encouragement for the winding road ahead. Today, we're talking about detours and rest stops. We'll explore how a spiritual director listens with compassion and provides perspective and encouragement when we hit roadblocks on our spiritual journeys. So join us as we unpack how spiritual direction provides sustenance for your soul when you feel stuck or abandoned, and how it helps you find new paths to walk in hope and new ways to reorient your soul to Jesus' love. Are you ready to get unlost and reconnect with God and get back on the road with renewed passion? Great, then let's get started. I have with me today, Matt and Peter. Guys, it's so good to see you. Thanks for joining me here on the back porch to talk about this. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Brandon. It's good to see you guys again. It's kind of a fun thing that this is, I believe, our second episode that we will be releasing in full glorious video on YouTube. So if you are a longtime listener of the Signpost In podcast and you want to see our faces, then you could pop over to YouTube and we will... <laughs> Uh, just search the Signpost In podcast and you will see us live. No, not live. You will see us recorded and all the beauty that we are. Uh, I will warn you that if you are listening to this via audio and have not yet looked at our faces, you might want to just stay there. <laughs> just, just to be honest, I have been told many times I have a face for radio. So maybe just stick there. But if you want to see us, come on over and that'll be that'll be fun. So you know, that we're going to start doing that. We're going to release video on YouTube. The audio portion is going to stay exactly the way it is. Nothing changes. If you subscribe to us via audio, wherever it is, that nothing will change for you. Um, but you're certainly welcome to join us on YouTube as well. So today we're going to talk about spiritual direction. We're actually going to start a series about spiritual direction. Uh, I've had a couple conversations with friends online and elsewhere. You know, I, I still get that look whenever I say, hey, I do spiritual direction. I'm a spiritual director. People kind of turn their head to the side and look at me funny and and they go, what's that? <laughs> and frankly, it's a really hard thing to describe because I, for most of us, especially I think in the broader Christian world outside of some certain uh, sections of it, it's like it, we don't have we don't have any experience with it and we don't have a paradigm for it. So instead of just giving you a little definition, we thought listeners, it would be fun to actually take some time to really unpack it along with the along the metaphor of the, the spiritual journey, um, which fits with Signpost In so well. The idea of on our spiritual journey, we need somebody often to walk alongside us and how spiritual direction can fill that, that role, can be a part of that. So today, as we already said, we're going to talk about detours. If life is a journey... What are some of the detours or roadblocks that we, that people hit on their spiritual journeys? Anybody can jump in, but maybe even personal experience. What are some of the spiritual roadblocks or detours you've hit? Well, I think the big one that really jumps out is just growing and developing in your faith, moving from maybe a childlike faith that you had growing up in church, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in college and you find people that are different than you, 
find people that are challenging what you've always assumed to be true and maybe not having the answers to respond to that, or maybe just uh, finding that the tradition you were brought up in just doesn't have a good answer to that challenge. Yeah. I actually was in a short conversation yesterday with someone who basically said exactly what you just said. They grew up in a relatively small church environment. And when they got out into the world, they actually visited other churches and her experience, it was pretty harsh. Her, her experience was that she felt like the church she had come from had lied to her because they had basically made other churches. She, she visited Catholic churches. She visited churches, the Episcopal church, other places. And her, she felt really disillusioned and really angry because it's like, they told me that these people were evil and it turns out they're not. Mm -hmm. And that did a real number on her faith. Yeah. And I think, yeah. yeah. But I, I also resonate too, Matt, with the getting out into the world and discovering that there are things that having questions asked of me that I don't have an easy answer for. And it throws me off like serious detour. Like, Oh no, maybe everything, every, the road I've been on this whole time has been wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a modern day equivalent of, or of what some people are calling disentangling or deconstructing yeah. as they reevaluate traditionally held beliefs or just what they've always been told and seeking those answers for themselves. Um, maybe reading the Bible for the first time in some cases, mm -hmm. or actually digging into um, some of the writings, theological or philosophical works that the church has kind of held up as these people speak for us. These people are some of the greatest minds in history. They've kind of blazed that trail intellectually. Um, but for me personally, I wasn't exposed to those things. I, I grew up in a very s small town and in a very, very narrow circle and, and just kind of assumed we were right. At the end of that road, I still generally hold to the basic Christianity I was taught. But at the same time, I've grown and developed in a lot of different ways. And my opinions on certain things have changed. And my uh, understanding of scripture has changed. Um, mm -hmm. Certain doctrines that I once believed, um, I think I realize now are just misplaced or wrong. Yeah. I mean, it strikes me that this is largely so far, like we haven't talked about other detours and roadblocks yet, but like, I think the, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, the assumption here is kind of underneath this question is that the spiritual journey, the, the mm -hmm. road I'm supposed to be on is kind of correctness in my doctrinal opinion. Right. And it's a fairly informational heavy. I, I think that's the, I think that is a correct way to discuss the spiritual journey, but, but it's one particular part of it. It seems to me that young folks, that's probably the most common assumption about the spiritual journey, especially from the circles that we come from. Because when you're young, that's what your job is, is to kind of learn the right things and say the right things and know the right facts. And when that stuff gets 
confusing, I feel like I've lost my spiritual journey completely. I'm off the road because I think I've assumed that the destination is correctness. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. And I've always kind of pictured it or or illustrated it as sort of like Jenga, but not rather rather than the game that we know where you remove a block and then place it on top, but more like as we're building our faith, we sort of get little nuggets here and there from Sunday school and church camp and vacation Bible school and, and just picking things up as we grow. And so we sort of stack them up. We're not sure how they actually all stack together and how they form a whole, but we do. We just, we, cause we're, this is our community. This is our culture. This is where we're coming from. But then when we're challenged or whenever life circumstances come along and we start shaking and that tower starts wobbling, we recognize the gaps and the holes mm-hmm. to questions that, or, or gaps that we've recognized are there, but we never thought was necessary to fill. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that can really bring your tower down. Yeah. So on a, a little bit of a different tack, I was thinking about my mind immediately went to, you know, roadblocks and detours as negative things, you know, negative experiences that cause questions. And then I was thinking back to my own experience, you know, in high school and stuff. And I would think that several of what I would say were successes for me um, made a detour. Uh, you know, I did not know that I was either talented at this or good at this sport. And suddenly my life looked very differently in the span of, you know, a couple years in high school. Uh, my interests changed and I was finding success. And, you know, if we're viewing these detours as like a something that changes your kind of your faith paradigm, I think that success can have an equal part in saying, wow, my faith journey looks a little bit different now than what I was expecting or what I imagined it would be. Um, and sometimes, I know for me, the perhaps the the challenge or the invitation that the detours of success provided were sort of, how do I understand this new part of my life as under Christ's, you know, care and control and, and relating to my faith at all? Mm-hmm. I think if I were to phrase it this way, I sort of grew up where I've heard the perspective of like, you know, nothing outside of God can be like good. But then like you experience like, well, I'm really good at this and people appreciate and value that. Like I'm actually experiencing validation and acceptance because of X, Y, and Z. And it's sort of like, I've always been told that you can't find happiness outside of Christ. Uh, But like, but wait, this thing is good. And it's sort of the challenge of, uh, or, or it can present itself as an apparent contradiction of what I used to believe or what I was used to be taught to me about finding true life in Christ or outside of Christ. Does that make sense? I don't know. I just had thoughts about that was sort of a detour. And and I think for me, the growth was finding a way that that made sense, that that was God's good plan for me as a person to grow and develop. It wasn't that that was outside of God and I was away from him. Yeah. I, I just I just want to make sure, Peter, that you're not an absolute heretic. Are you saying it's possible to have a God-given calling outside of full-time ministry? What are you saying? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, Matt. <laughs> uh, absolutely, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Peter, I guess here's what I'm thinking, and tell me if this is where the lines you're you're on. 
it's it, I resonate with that. It, it seems I can um, I can think of times where it was for me. I, I'm sort of sticking at first here with the paradigm of the faith journey being about having the correct doctrinal thoughts, which I I, I do want to say right off the top, like I do think that's part of it and good. Like I think, but but there's other parts of it that I think we can explore. But in that paradigm, my experience with what you're saying was going to college and starting to study other religions and then discovering like there's good things in there that were attractive, that were healthy, that were, you know, and I think that scares a lot of people. Like I, I know I scared a lot of people when I was like, hey, did you know, here's an insight from Buddhism that I think is really good and true. And for me, that was both really exciting and also a little scary because I did. I was like, wait a minute. You mean Christianity, as I understand it, doesn't have all the answers and everything else isn't just from the pit of hell? You know, like it really threw me for a loop for a while. But I also hear you saying it sort of like there's a positive way. And I think the end of that story is very positive for me, too. But like there's a positive way of like, I think sometimes as young people, we have the assumption that the only place that we can get satisfaction and happiness is in this What's the name for the chamber where you can't feel anything? I'm trying, the word sensory escape. deprivation. Chamber. Yeah, like we're only supposed to get happiness in the godly sensory deprivation chamber, mm. and you find out that there's happiness. I think for guys, this what well, maybe for girls too. This happens when you first realize I like girls. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can get validation from a woman. Things happen where you suddenly go. These things are really powerful and good. And that can be a detour in some pretty serious bad ways. And it can be a detour that produces good. So in, in our spiritual journey, then, I mean, are these, I guess the question then becomes is, are these detours or road stops or roadblocks? Are they from God or are they from the enemy? Are they something we should embrace? Are they something we should avoid? Are they just there for us to get over? What's, I yeah. mean, What's going on there? I think before you can answer that question, it helps to like, what is the spiritual journey to begin with? Because like, if we don't know what that is, then it's hard to know what a detour is. And that's why I was thinking right at the beginning, Matt, it's like the assumption that I think very easy to make is the spiritual journey is about correctness and doctrine. And I think that's only part of it. There's also this other way of thinking of the spiritual journey, which would be about, I think where Peter was going a little, little bit more which is into my relationship and experience with God into how I pursue happiness, what happiness even is. And so you could, you could understand the spiritual journey, not about being correct in your doctrine, but about being surrendered more to God's love. Hmm. And that's less of a mind journey and more of a experiential heart journey to use not very helpful language, but because that's, I guess that's where I'm going with what you're saying, Peter is like, I find validation and satisfaction and joy in playing this role in having a girlfriend in whatever. And that's not about what I think, but that's about how I perceive myself and how I feel. And that's a real journey of faith. What is it? Who is it that gives me value as a, as a being? Do I have a place in this world that's w worth having? And 
a lot of the spiritual journey, I think, is God drawing us into himself to have those those needs met. Does that does that make sense? I think so. It sounds to me like we're saying that it can be kind of a, a two-sided thing where it could be some of these roadblocks, some of these detours are some sort of spiritual deprivation, like deconstructing your faith or feeling dryness or feeling like God is suffering, there, suffering, or there can be the flip side of like what Peter mentioned of all of a sudden coming into a, a, a section in life that um, there's, there's a new kind of richness or something that's come in. That's also of God, that God is also inviting us into something deeper. Is that what yeah. you're saying? I think so. I'm sort of thinking of it this way. The spiritual journey is like the process of making meaning out of our lives, right? You know, like, what do I mean to God? What does God mean to me? And what does he mean for my life? And I'm just sort of thinking it like, I don't know, if you think about starting in on like a grid, like our lives are very small. And like, as we get new experiences that come outside of our grid of experiences, it's sort of like, how do I understand that? What is its meaning? And so our framework for our both understanding ourselves, but also God and his role in all of these new things needs to grow. And, and I'm thinking of those, like that could either be a roadblock or, or like a, something we thought we knew in the grid that is no longer functioning. Like I, that doesn't make any sense now or a new experience or something when it comes to sort of the point of what does it mean? Is it, mm -hmm. how do I understand this? Like, how do I process this in perspective of my faith? Yeah, I, I think, I think that's helpful. First of all, like I have this framework for understanding stuff. Roadblocks can be opportunities to break that framework and expand it. But I also want to just kind of bring back that we slip so it's not bad because we need to have that. We so quickly return to words like understanding, knowing, and, and that just, that basically means saying the right words in my mind. And I think for most of us, that's what we mean when we say understanding and knowing it's sort of like having the right articulation of it. Because you can, I, can I push a different, because that's not what I'm thinking necessarily in this moment. And perhaps it's because I've been reading some G.K. Chesterton recently, but um, understanding as this the unique human ability to think about our thoughts, right? Like to think about our experiences, mm -hmm. to reflect on them. If I understand the the God given desire to understand and grow and and make sense of the world as that sort of I'm reflecting on my experiences, I'm reflecting on the thoughts I'm having. That doesn't seem to be solely a rational thing. I think it could be done in a way that's very healthy. Um, that is not simply saying, how do I fit this into my framework? But I just had this experience, you know, and, and that revisiting that to understand it could actually be a very mature, healthy, embracing, processing. Yes. It's part of the growth. Totally. Does, I, I don't know. Maybe that's exactly what you were saying. And I was just hearing it differently, but... Well, no, no, it wasn't what I was saying. I think that's good. You're right. Yeah. Let me cut to the chase. What I'm trying to get at is what is the spiritual journey? Is the progress I make along the road, me gaining more knowledge in my word part of my brain? Yes. 
part of it is. That's one of the things that happens on the progress of the spiritual journey. But you could also understand the spiritual journey not as something that I am setting out on and figuring out where I'm going, but something that I'm on, whether I want to be or not, that God is drawing me along the path. And that his goal is not for me to know more stuff all the time. Sometimes his goal is for me to experience, participate in what he's doing. He's trying to lead me to one of the topics we'll talk about later, a scenic overlook where I have an experience of seeing beauty that has nothing to do with words. He's drawing me. The journey is the destination, as we've heard cheesily said, because it's about learning to follow the, the shepherd. And learning to follow the shepherd is not something I know in my brain. I can say I should follow the shepherd. But the only way you know, quote unquote, how to follow the good shepherd, it's it's a participant participatory knowing. It's an experiential bodily knowing. Very much like trusting anybody in your life. If you have somebody good in your life, I'm just going to use marriage because that's the one I'm most familiar with in this capacity, right? I have a deep-seated physical belief that I am not valuable, that I am unworthy of love. My wife treats me with love and compassion. In my brain, I say, my wife is kind. She loves me. My body says, hell no, that's not the way that this works. Nobody can love me. There's so much journeying in my marriage that I have done to retrain my, my body and my soul to believe, mm. to feel like I'm loved by her, even when my brain says something different. So that's part of the spiritual journey too, right? And I think they're intertwined. Like I think reflecting is one of the ways we realize God has been good over the last several things. Hmm. But if this, if you can understand that way of thinking of the spiritual journey different, then one of the detours or roadblocks we run into is when suffering happens, when my life falls apart, my brain says, I should believe God is good. My body says, God hates me. When a relationship falls apart, you know, and this happens so easily in those ro romantic relationships, my thoughts are, I should get over this. My soul feels like I have just been told that I am an invalid being in this universe and I shouldn't be here because love got rejected. I don't have that. I don't have those thoughts articulated. That's how I, my soul feels. That's a roadblock because now, or a detour, because now God might be, and this is where it dovetails, I think, back into what you were saying, Matt. It dovetails right into, this actually might be, and I think is, one of the ways God uses evil for good. <laughs> hmm. Here's an opportunity for me to experience a different way with God, rather than just think a different thing. Though both happen. Sorry, that was long, but does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny that we've brought up suffering because I just went back and reread When God Weeps by Johnny Erickson Tata. And it's basically, it's a very short book, um, but it's basically talking about the theological problem of if God's good, why is there suffering? Why do we see so much suffering in the world? Um, and she is uniquely suited to provide perspective on that because as a teenager, she was in an accident that left her paralyzed from the neck down, basically. And she's experienced a lot of suffering in life. She's wrestled with those issues so well. And 
done a great job of communicating that to um, the Christian community and saying, here's what the Bible says. Here's what reality, here's the reality we experience. And they're not incompatible. If anything, God might be doing something greater than we can imagine in the midst of the suffering. Yeah. It's It's a very powerful book. Yeah. And I think that whether it's suffering or any other of the detours or roadblocks that we've thought of or that the listeners will think of, that leads us to the next part of this, right? Which is when we hit something like that, when when a roadblock is in our way, when we find ourselves off the path that we thought we were supposed to be on, taking this detour that we didn't even know, it's really important to stop. To re- and, and this is where these things dovetail so quickly, to reflect and I think that, Peter, is how I'm connecting what you're saying. You know, this is that God has been doing something. Life has taken some weird and wild turns. Do I plow on ahead <laughs> and hope for the best? Or might it not be a good opportunity to stop for a little bit, reflect, maybe maybe build a campfire? Hmm. Well, and that's, you know, we started off talking about spiritual direction. And I guess my question would be, because I've never been a spiritual director, I've never been through spiritual direction. It was a completely new thing that I'd never heard of until Signpost right. In exposed me to it. You know, we, we, we did a podcast ages ago where we talked about just what is it, but is spiritual direction, finding a spiritual director, maybe a good thing for somebody who is in that spot? Right. Yeah. We've all been there, right? We've all been on a detour we didn't know we were going to take. I I remember being a kid, and my mom and dad sometimes listen to this podcast. So mom and dad, if I got the details of this story wrong, please forgive me. But it's stuck in my brain this way as a kid. I can remember being on a family vacation with my dad, and we were pulling a trailer, I'm pretty sure. So like a camper. And we got lost. And my dad does not like to be lost does not like to be lost. His response was the classic, just plow on, we'll figure it out. But sorry, dad, sorry if I'm telling on you. He was a little frantic about it. Like, got to find my way back. And my mom, classic, stop and ask for directions. Nope, 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 we're going to go. Finally, in my memory, he actually did stop and ask for directions, but not after a lot of stress and a lot of fear. <laughs> and I feel like that's that's probably a pretty typical response. I've gotten hit with something. I've been off the path I thought I was supposed to be on. <laughs> we freak out, you know. <laughs> I think spiritual direction, it's not asking for directions per se. It's because, because the spiritual part journey is a little different than a family vacation where you know where you want to go. This would be an opportunity to sit and let somebody help you seek God's guidance. Maybe we need to stop, like I said, and build a campfire and reflect on where we've been. And that's that question of like, where are you now? Now, if you keep in the metaphor, it's like, well, I'm sitting next to a campfire lost in the woods. Fine. But here's a question that you might get asked in spiritual direction. Tell me where you've been in your life. Where do you, where do you feel like you are in relationship to God? 
telling you that is such a clarifying process that mm. takes a while to unpack. Right. But, but that's a really reorienting kind of process to go through. That isn't, let me solve your problems and give you the right path to go on. It's more like, let's just figure out where we are right now. That's so interesting. And I'm going to ask a question. And if this is out of bounds, um, we can go back and cut the video or cut this out of the video. But I feel like every time somebody says that on that sh on the show, this is the clip that ends up being the, like the lead clip. <sighs> well, well, I, I want to be, <laughs> I want to be respectful to other people's privacy as well as because this question is going to be about you, you ask that question in spiritual direction. What do, what are some of the responses you get? I'm kind of curious what, what people initially say to that question. Peter, feel free to jump in. If you've, if you, I think the way to do this might be to say like how I've answered that question. Yeah. Hmm. So specifically the question of where are you, you know, when I'm prompted, where are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and to be clear, like, it may not be that question directly. You know, it may not be like somebody says to you, where are you? But a lot of the first steps, if you were to come into spiritual direction for the first time, part of that process is us figuring out where you are. And more, more importantly, you starting to pause long enough and feel safe enough to actually explore where you are with God. Hmm. So like for me, and then Peter, I'll let you go. I, I most recently, actually very recently, my most recent spiritual direction session with my own spiritual director, I got to the point where I realized that I hadn't known in my brain, but my body knew I was in a space of anger with God. I have this, I have a specific situation that I'm mad about with God. And so where I am with him right now is kind of in the Job spot. Like you got to make defense for yourself, God. And I didn't know that's where my heart was. I didn't know that that's the source of a lot of my frustration with God. And it was really reorienting because now I have like a whole different conversation I need to be having with God. My conversation was mostly with myself. I was mad at myself for feeling this way. I didn't, I shouldn't be feeling this way. I felt a lot of shame being able to be like, oh, my question is, God, why are you doing this or allowing this was really reorienting. What about you, Peter? Yeah, for me, as I've experienced that in spiritual direction, process is a clarifying process. I'll just either dump, here's the situation or here's what I'm experiencing. And the process of careful listening and asking questions it will clarify down to normally like a, a one, maybe two core things that I'm like, oh, I did not realize that. You know, I wasn't able to see the root of all this and it being, you know, just kind of in the mess of it. And and to have it reoriented is quite helpful. I have an image of Lord of the Rings, but I don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. So, Lord of the Ring references. So imagine so when Frodo gets stabbed by the ring wraith and he's in like total delirium for like the next couple days right and uh, he's riding or being ridden to uh, rivendell and stuff and i can imagine his experience of that situation you know he come in like i just felt so horrible this was terrible everything was going wrong and like somebody else's perspective like yeah dude you were stabbed like of course <laughs> but he feels guilt and shame about like oh, i was just in this headspace and i just couldn't 
I just I was no use to the, the my my group of friends. I couldn't do anything. And like just for him to like sort of wake up to reality of like, yeah, man, look what you went through. Like, and I don't it, like there's sort of that's an extreme circumstance, but I've had similar moments in my own spiritual mm. direction where it's sort of like, yeah, I just don't get it. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. And and even sometimes as I'm talking myself, but in the back and forth of a good listener in the space of soulful listening, it's sort of like I, I go from, I just don't get it to like, oh, wow, that is like so complicated or like here's yeah. the fuller picture. And, and oftentimes my own experience is I don't necessarily have a perfect answer for what to do next, but it's something so a sigh of relief about yeah. getting a more accurate view of myself and what was going on in me and to me in this situation that it brings a lot of peace. It's like, now that I have a more clear perspective, I can, I can bring that to God with some questions or, you know, yeah. I know the core tension that I'm struggling with that, that God might be calling me to surrender versus just sort of feeling like in a haze, in a fog of, I don't understand. There's so many yeah. things going on. It's a process of clarification. Yeah. Let me try this metaphor and see if it works. I'm, cl I'm hiking a mountain. I get lost with a buddy. That's, that's the key mm. here, right? You've got this hiking buddy, this, this person along with you, the spiritual director. And first of all, notice like the spiritual director isn't the guy who's leading the hike, just walking with you on the hike, walking along. I get off the path. I don't know where I'm at. I'm taking a detour. I get really discouraged because I'm lost and I don't like where I'm at. And the, the hiking buddy says, let's just sit down here on the side of the road and look back how far you've come and notice what you actually can see. Yeah, we thought we wanted to be up there at that peak. We're over here somewhere, but let's pause and just notice the scenery. Where has God brought us? And there's a certain sort of like delight that can happen there because you realize suddenly that maybe, I think in keeping with our theme here, maybe the detour wasn't actually a detour at all. It's where God wanted me to be. And he's brought me to seeing something else and asking the question, where actually are we right now in a safe, calm way? Whoa, look at all the progress, quote unquote, you know, that we've made. And look at the beautiful scenery I can see now. Here's how God has been with me the whole way. That's, that's how I'm hearing this right now. And I think that that also helps to kind of belie the problem that we all struggle with in a spiritual journey, which is we want it to be progress. Like, and we already have in mind what we think the progress should be. But again, I think a lot of it is the journey itself. Hmm. You know, that's funny because uh, C.S. Lewis says something very similar when he's talking about spiritual progress. And he gives a, the metaphor of, of like taking a hike. And at one point he's saying like, here we are up on this ledge. And as, as far as actual measurable distance, our destination is just right there. So we're pro we're very close to where we want to be, but in order to get there, we're still have a three mile hike to get around to that spot. Um, and that basically sounds exactly like what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and that the pausing and reflecting, especially after some difficult roadblock or detour, or at least felt difficult, those moments can be destinations in and of themselves. You know, 
that God was bringing me to this spot along the journey. I still have more journeying to do, but there's something here for me to see or to feel or to notice. And that's one of the greatest things I feel like I get to do as a spiritual director is like somebody comes and just is very confused, doesn't know where they are, struggling, and just to sort of ask these gentle questions of what do you notice? I I have no idea what I, you're supposed to notice, but all of a sudden, God acts and they notice the vista, quote unquote, in that part of their life that they were supposed to see. And then there's this moment of great gratitude and great celebration. Wow, look what God has brought about in this moment. Hmm. So Brandon, one of the questions we were sort of batting around in, in this topic was, okay, so what does it look like? Does it look like for a spiritual director to get someone back on the road? Yeah. You know, to use that language. Yeah. But but the way we've just kind of been talking about these detours is pausing to notice them as maybe not detours at all. I don't know. Would you say more about that? The whole back on the road? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know? Yeah. How, how, what does it mean to even get back on the road? And I think, again, that comes back to our original question of like, what is this journey even? Um, right. Which I think is what you're asking. So often the question probably is, what road are we supposed to be on? And then even deeper, why are we on this road at all? And I wonder sometimes, just kind of off the top of my head here, if the question of faith, which I think is then also the question of sin, do I trust God or do I not, right? Faith is the, I surrender to God's guidance and I'm with him. Or no, I don't want to be. The road in that sense then is the road of faith, just surrender. The road is the road of progress, if I'm going to make progress, is deeper trust in the guidance of God. The word is a lamp unto my feet. And many of us have heard that. And and the true statement, which if it's a lamp to my feet, it's only showing me a couple steps, steps ahead. It's not giving me the whole map. I don't have the whole journey plotted out. And so the spiritual journey, I believe, is mostly about greater trust, greater surrender of myself into the goodness of God. So sort of what I was hearing and what you were saying, Brandon, was that the, the path of faith really doesn't depend on the circumstances, that as a spiritual director, you can invite someone to see with the eyes of faith that God can use anything that's been in our path, even blatant sin. He can say, I can redeem I can use this for your good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that for what I can use this for what that really matters. Right. Because the way I'm seeing this whole thing is that we tend to think we know what the path is that we're supposed to be on. Mm. Right. We think if we say the spiritual journey, every one of us, myself included, already has an assumption of what that journey is, what the destination is supposed to be and what it means to make progress. Even if I don't think I have that, I have that. I have assumptions that I have in a, you know. And so frequently, we think the journey is, and I think this is probably just in, in all of us in our sinful fallenness, the journey is about becoming a more moral person, about becoming a more valuable person, a more significant person. You know, you can imagine all the different ways that we've sort of imbibed the world's lies or our own desires and thought that the journey is supposed to be better person, more successful person, more lovable person, whatever. And the way I'm seeing it is it's like there's two paths. <laughs> it's like there is this life journey of progress in these areas, 
But the journey, the spiritual journey, the other path that is superimposed over top of this is the one of releasing those assumptions to the God who has the best plan for me, whatever that may be. And so the, the, the journey, uh, the spiritual journey is less about becoming a better person and or becoming significant or whatever else, and more about being able to receive with the open hand of faith, Lord, whatever your will is for me. So, so really practically, one of the things that we do on this faith journey, which is, Lord, I want to be successful and significant. This is the path I want you to have me on. But the spiritual path is really learning to say, but thy will be done. And that's a whole nother journey. How do I let go of my own destinations and let God set the destination? How do I let go of my own paradigm of what the journey should be and journey deeper into, but the Lord is good. I'll follow the shepherd rather than my own thing. So one of the things a spiritual director can do, I think is sort of help clarify that and help you move. So this is that back on the road idea help you get back to one of the key things that this life is about is not about achieving things, but about learning to practicing releasing myself into God's goodness. Hmm. And that's where I would say a spiritual director can also then offer some practical practices that help you do that, right? You, you end up in a, what you perceive to be as a detour, and it may actually be a real detour from even the faith path. And, a, and I can, step alongside you and say, you know, here's some things that have helped me or others to turn my attention back to the, to the, the good shepherd and really trust him, which is the, it's the path deeper into God rather than the path of progress towards whatever else. Not that the path of progress is a bad path or that God doesn't want you to go down that, but the path that really matters in this life is the one of deeper into the goodness of God and faith. So in, in kind of live, sticking with the metaphor of you know, the path and the spiritual director sort of being like a, a friend that comes alongside you in that is, is it sort of a both and of that is the person that sits with you by the fire and talks you through the fire and maybe even journeys with you for, for a stint, you know, on a new, maybe on a new path, maybe on a deep, on that detour. Yeah. 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 It's, it's very biblical, right? I mean, it, Having a friend, companion along life's journey, mm -hmm. we all need it. Yeah. We were designed to walk the journey together anyway. I mean, that we were never designed to walk this journey of life alone. And it's, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Hmm. Um, it's, you know, David and Jonathan. It's Jesus and the apostle John, <laughs> you know, I mean, and weirdly in that the way I just said that, you could actually see John, the beloved disciple, <laughs> at risk of being heretical as Jesus's spiritual director. Hmm. And the reason I would say it that way is it would just highlight that a spiritual director doesn't mean authority, and it doesn't mean the person who tells you what to do, and it doesn't mean the, the guru in the situation. It means the companion who ministers sometimes to your needs. Yeah, I, I really like that metaphor, Brandon. And, and I think that that's actually something that God has transformed my understanding in the last few years. And you're right, you sort of do border on that heretical line of saying, we, we understand that God doesn't need anything. He is 
he is perfect. He is perfectly content. He is perfectly whole in union of the Trinity. But at the same time, it's, it's not too far off to be able to say that Jesus wants relationship with you on a level that in human terms, it might be said, I need you not, not in a codependent or, or necessary way, but this relationship is so important to me that I, I want you that close. And I'm willing to go through things with you, willing to, to endure whatever it is you're in just to be with you. And I think that's one of the most profound images of Christ that I've come to recognize um, in the last few years that, that Christ, yeah, he died for you. He's your savior, but no, no, no he wants you. He loves you and he, and he likes you and he wants to be with you. It reminds me of, we wrote a, a email article that was top five bogus reasons for avoiding spiritual direction. And the first one was I should be able to handle my life on my own. And there's sort of, there's a real lie in that, right? That we all feel that the, the, I should, should give it away. I am an insufficient human being. Everybody else is better than me because I should be able to do this life without any help from anybody ever. And what exposes that lie as a lie very quickly is that when God took on human flesh, God took on the human need for friendship. That is not a imperfection. <laughs> that is a good thing. <laughs> and so if God himself, who is the only one who can do life on his own, doesn't need anyone. If in the incarnation, Jesus said, I will take on the human need for friendship as part of what it means to be human and experience the finitude of that and rely on my friends, which you know, then exposes or shows the great strength he had to go to the point of having no friends that only God could do. But in his humanity, yeah, he needed friends. Mm -hmm. And in this level, at this point, I think that's how we're talking about a spiritual director. I think the difference about doing spiritual direction as a particular thing is that as I was trained in a spiritual direction, it's my job to sort of protect the space so that shame stays at bay. And you can see more clearly where you are, where God is. Together, we can discern more carefully what God is doing in this situation. So to bring that to a close, Matt, the way I imagine when we, when we, when a spiritual directee of mine hits a roadblock or a detour and we stop and we rest and we build the proverbial campfire to, to take some time to reflect, the way I imagine that scene is that it's, you know, Here's the campfire. It's me, my directee, but the Holy Spirit are, is there too. Mm -hmm. And and this isn't a conversation between me and my directee. This is a conversation of me and the Holy Spirit and the directee. And most of my job is to be like, get you talking to the Holy Spirit <laughs> and asking questions that might lead you into turning to him and saying, what do you think? How are you with me? I like that. I think I've seen that happen many times too. Like it, it, it's why it's so hard to describe what is spiritual direction because our, our, our immediate context is to say, well, what's the goal? What's it accomplishing? What am I doing? Why would I come to spiritual direction? I don't have any problems. And one, I would just tell you, yeah, you do, but that's not why you come to spiritual direction anyway. It, you know, why hike a mountain? 
Why bring a friend with you when you do? That might be a better way of thinking about why spiritual direction. And even more directly, and then I'll kind of wrap up, I guess, but even more directly, you're already hiking a mountain. You're already on a journey. You can't not be on it. Why not bring a trained hiking buddy to go with you? Hmm. Does that seem like a good place to to leave it? Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Listeners, we we are really grateful for you that you would come along with us on this journey. We're going to be doing several more episodes on this topic. We have some great great ideas for future episodes. Uh, just just give you like a little taste of what's to come. I'm not sure exactly what order yet, but we're going to be talking about being trailblazers. We're going to talk about campfire confessions. How does spiritual direction provide non-judgmental space to unpack doubts? and fears. Off the beaten path, how does spiritual direction help us listen for God's unique invitations versus following prescribed rules? And one that I'm really excited about talking about, packing light. How does spiritual direction help us uncover and deal with burdens that we might carry that weigh us down? And a lot of other things. So we're going to kind of do a series here of what is spiritual direction using these themes around journey and hiking and all those things. So I highly recommend you subscribe. Now is the perfect time to send our show to a friend who might be interested in this. Tell them they're starting this series on spiritual direction. It'd be a great thing to have more people join us. Would you please, listeners, would you please leave us a comment or a review on your favorite platform? That is extremely helpful for us in getting the word out about the show. That's the primary way that people find out about the show, actually is if you'll leave a five-star rating and a comment that just talks about your experience with the show. Check us out on YouTube as well. Leave comments there and then pass us on. Show us to your friends. Tell us, tell people about us because we, we would love to share this with more people and have them join us on the journey. You can always email us, podcast at signpostn.org. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you for the people who have, who have emailed. We've gotten some cool responses. I think that's about it. So... Gentlemen, Matt, Peter, thank you guys. Listeners, thank you. And may the grace of Christ go with you wherever the road takes you. Amen.